Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer. Coming up, if you've ever needed sign-off from San Francisco's Department of Building Inspection, you know what a Byzantine mess it is. Journalist Joe Eskenazi joins us to discuss his reporting on DBI's systemic patronage, corruption, and resistance to change. Then, a new documentary highlights the fight for paying restaurant workers and anyone else who works for tips the same minimum wage everyone else is entitled to. We'll talk with the people behind Waging Change about the fight to raise their wages and the powerful group opposing it. That's all ahead on Forum right after the news. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, good morning, I'm Scott Schaefer. And as you may have heard, longtime forum host Michael Krasny has retired. Mina Kim has been named the permanent host of the statewide 10 to 11 a.m. hour, and eventually we'll find a permanent new host for the 9 a.m. hour. But for now, we hope to bring you lots of different voices and perspectives in the first hour. And let's get started. And our first topic this hour is San Francisco's infamous Department of Building Inspection, or DBI. For years, DBI has been the focus of criminal investigations. The former director resigned in disgrace last year. For nearly a decade, there have been allegations of corruption, patronage, and the inability of DBI to just do its job, leaving anyone who needs a permit approval for a project at their home or business waiting and waiting and waiting, unless they know the right person. Well, Joe Eskenazi, managing editor at Mission Local, has been writing about DBI, and he's here to tell us some of what he's found. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. And let me open up the phone lines now, because this is a half-hour segment, and if you've had to deal with DBI, uh, ever waited for a permit or a sign-off on a project, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. You can also reach us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. And if you prefer, you can email us. It's forum at kqed.org. Joe, um, I, I kind of at the top there laid out what DBI does. Uh, but uh, t- tell us a little bit more. What, like, what's their mission? What's it supposed to be? Well, it's a big and complicated department. Uh, as you mentioned, it, it approves and goes over for safety and, uh, and for code compliance, the plans that people submit. And, it, uh, and, it's, uh, and then it uh, issues those permits. And then also, as, as the title suggests, there are in-the-field inspections uh, to see that you're actually doing the work that, that you said you would do. Uh, and, you know, that's how it works in theory, at least. 
so they, they approve what you say you want to do, and then they check to see you're doing it. And if they don't like what you want to do, they suggest or require changes before you can get approval. Correct. And how does San Francisco's DBI, how does it compare uh, to, you know, either other similar agencies in the Bay Area, for example? Not favorably. Uh, uh, San Francisco's DBI, I mean, first, uh, in our infinite wisdom as a city, we require permitting for lots more things. So we are subjecting our DBI to having to deal with a lot more permits. Uh, and that is a mixed bag because uh, everything at DBI, or at least m- m- much of what goes on at DBI, is paper-based. In 2021, for lots of projects, you have to bring in reams of paper. And the papers have to go from desk to desk to desk at this department and, in fact, other departments, such as public works, in order to get that permitting. And mm. this is a problem uh, because it requires in-person meetings and requires uh, you to go to person to person to person all of which are things that can't happen right now. And also, if there's ever a logjam in a particular department, the, the wait times really add up because people cannot work on the projects concurrently because it's going from desk to desk to desk. So if there's a 13-week holdup in one department and a two-week holdup in another, you're going to experience all of that. It's like getting, concur- it's like getting consecutive sentences. <laughs> and as they say, time is money. Is, this, uh, is it fair to say that this is one of many reasons that the cost of, say, housing is higher in San Francisco? That would equate. There are so many reasons and the cost is so high that, uh, you know, it's almost like negotiating the cost of furniture after you purchase the house. At some point, it's, it becomes academic. Uh, what isn't academic is that it makes sense if you are a big player or even a medium-sized player to hire someone to get you through this process. So in San Francisco, you have something called a permit expediter, which you really don't have in other parts of the state. And their job is what? They... Uh, and we should say they don't sure work for the your, city, right? They, well, they, they work, work for you. Yeah, it's, it's like you hiring hire a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, you, you hire this guy or, or this woman to, to move you through the process smoothly and to get your permits approved. So there have been for some time now, there's been an investigation of DBI, several really, but most recently uh, a one that has uh, involved the former head of uh, the Department of Public Works, Mohamed Nuru. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned the top guy at DBI, Tom Wee, who was suspended over reports of wrongdoing. Before we get to him or them, you mentioned permit expediters, and one of those folks rises to the top, if that's the right phrase, Walter mm-hmm. Wong. Tell us about him. It's hard to overstate Walter Wong's grasp of this department. Uh, Walter Wong, uh, who you know, is kind of the, the smiling, zealot-like figure who, who is in the middle of everyone's Venn diagrams with the Mohammed Nuru scandal, uh, is a, you know, by trade a contractor, owns a lot of property in the city, but also uh, a permit expediter. Uh, and permit expediters aren't just experts. I used the example of a lawyer before. You know, you hire a lawyer because they know the law and you don't, and you would behoove you to hire someone who knows the law. But this is a little bit more like hiring somebody who knows the law and knows the judge. And in this case, uh, Walter Wong seated the department with people that he knew, people that were related to allies, etc., and moved his plans or his clients' plans through them. So it wasn't just that he knew the system well, though he of course did. It's that the system was twisted to cater to his needs. And he was caught up in that investigation, the federal investigation, and has now uh, 
pleaded, pleaded to a, a maybe some lesser charges, and he has given evidence over regarding DPW's former head, Mohammed Nuru. What, what, what consequences does Walter Wong face at this point? I mean, these are serious jail terms, but, you know, if, you are, if you're sticking a finger in the wind, uh, uh, just last week, Florence Kong, who was also caught up in the Nuru uh, scandal, uh, she pleaded guilty, and, and among other things, she lied to federal agents, and she uh, bribed Nuru with a $36,500 Rolex, and the feds asked for uh, 18 months, I think, in prison, and the judge granted a year and a day. So uh, Wong is, is, um, is charged with more serious matters. It stems out of uh, a kickback scheme at the Chinatown Hilton. But uh, it was clear to anyone who read uh, the, uh, the charging documents on Harlan Kelly, the former head of the Public Utilities Commission, that Wong absolutely spilled his guts, that he handed over reams of documents, uh, that he served up Harlan Kelly on a, on a silver platter. So he is obviously cooperating wholeheartedly with, uh, with the authorities, and uh, he uh, has purportedly kept very detailed notes on all of the people he has done business with in the city. So that could be a tremendous matter. That could be that could be a cavalcade of dirt toppling down upon many heads. Talking with Joe Eskenazi, he's managing editor at Mission Local, and he's been writing about San Francisco's DBI, the Department of Business Inspection. We'd love to hear from you if you've had, had any, if you've had any personal dealings with DBI. Give us a call at eight six six seven three three sixty seven eighty six. Again, it's eight six six seven three three sixty seven eighty six. This is a half hour segment, so if you want to get on now, is the time to do that. You mentioned Joe earlier when you were describing the so called system at DBI that everything is on paper. And I know you've written about why that is. It doesn't have to be that way, of course. Most uh, similar agencies are, are on computer. Um, why, why is it still on paper in San Francisco? Well, there are some things that you can submit electronically now, which is good because it's a pandemic. Uh, among them are uh, development agreement projects, which are the big ones. And that's where a lot of the money comes from. So that's good. And uh, also um, accessory dwelling units, which actually the planning department has taken it over and they're handling it very well, but, but they're doing that work instead of their work because DBI can't do it. And I believe also 100% affordable projects. So those are all good things. But for perhaps 90% of projects, you have to make an appointment to hand over your paper plans. And that can be a six or seven week wait. And then your projects wait with a, with a person after you hand them over. The reason why this is, is the multi-million dollar question. Some of it is inertia. People don't want to change. But some of it is um, kind of a botched deal with the government software company Acela, which, uh, which makes uh, systems that would do all the things that DBI cannot do, such as uh, smoothly keep track of where permits are and, and do everything electronically. And it just didn't work. And people I've talked to say that the system was, was buggy and that, that the Acela people could not get it to do even basic things. But other people I talked to and, you know, make it very clear that DBI's higher-ups did not want what Acela offered, which was transparency and an elimination of the systems that had been exploited so well by Walter Wong and his ilk. The status quo was preferable, and no one could have predicted this pandemic, but this pandemic really crippled San Francisco's Department of Building Inspection because it's so reliant upon in-person paper plans for 90% of projects. And uh, when the department hurriedly tried to switch to electronic permitting, it created a disaster 
it, you know, after years of resistance, it couldn't just turn on a dime and do this. And so I credit the current leadership with trying, but the prior leadership made their task impossible. And uh, there must be some legacy people working there, right? I mean, the corruption that has been rooted out probably left behind some seeds. Is that fair to say? I would say so. <laughs> I, I think if you go through, you can find um, alarming hiring practices at the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, you know, it looks like Bill Wyman's family tree. Everyone's related to each other. <laughs> uh, you know, you have and you have this through multiple different silos of the department. So you get this strange system where on the inspection side, you have large numbers of Irish and Irish Americans. And on the plan check side, you have large numbers of Asians to the point where I think 87 percent of, of engineers in this department are Asian. Now, that's not to say that these people can't do the job. That's not to say Irish people or Asian people cannot do the job. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is that you have siloed hiring practices where you're bringing in friends of friends and relatives and things like that, and that leads to an unhealthy situation. And you said in one of your articles that there are numerous uh, father-son duos of inspectors. What's the yes, significance I, I, of that? I, I mean, besides nepotism. Think of at, least, at least three. And then if you can go through, you can find brothers and sisters and godfathers and godsons and all that on the, others, uh, on the plan check side as well. It's, it's, uh, it's very curious. And what, who benefits? I mean, it's obvious how if you're a permit expediter and you're getting paid to make your way through this Byzantine system, you're going to benefit. Uh, but what about people on the inside? And we're coming up to a break, so if you could keep your answer fairly short. But uh, like, who else benefits on the inside of DBI from this system? Uh, the system benefits itself, and that's not unique to this department. Much of San Francisco operates as a self-contained system that benefits itself. All right. Joe Eskenazi is with us till the bottom of the hour. We're talking about San Francisco's Department of Building Inspection. Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. Or you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer here today, and we are going to continue our conversation with Joe right after a short break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here this first hour, and I'm talking with Joe Eskenazi, Managing Editor at Mission Local. We're talking about the Department of Building Inspection in San Francisco. Give us a call if you have a comment about your experience, 866-733-6786. And let's go to Don in San Francisco. Don, welcome. Hello. Hi there. Go right ahead. Well, I just want to say that uh, this is a very important topic because you guys were discussing you know, who benefits, who doesn't benefit. And I'd like to shed a little light on it because I've firsthand experienced uh, the corruption of DBI building a restaurant in San Francisco, 2013-2014. Uh, one of the names that needs to come up to that list is Joe Pinelli, the head of the plumbing uh, department, where 
when I had some concerns uh, regarding the work that was performed and the fact that my job card was signed off uh, with a final uh, on plumbing and HVAC, and I didn't even have uh, running water or electrical. I didn't even have the tax from PG&E. Um, he completely refused to give me a call back or uh, take any action. And, and then to shed a light further, the benefits are the contractors that are um, uh, they're doing faulty work and bribery and the uh, inspectors and getting paid. Um, uh, they're getting the inspectors are getting paid uh, by the contractors for them to increase their profits and do the work. For instance, uh, they didn't do Title 24 on my Don, Don, I'm going to interrupt you just because you're, you're kind of cutting in and out. I think we, we get the gist of your experience and I appreciate your calling in, but we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to ask, uh, Joe to respond to your, to your comment generally, but also, you know, Joe, I'm wondering, what have you heard from DBI as a result of your, uh, your writing, your, your reporting? Well, I, I don't think that there's been any kind of, uh, epiphanies. I think that I think the DBI, you know, many at DBI are working hard and, and, you know, it's, it's a lot to take, you know, uh, I think it's a lot to, it's a lot. I can understand why they're frustrated having their years and years of problems heaped upon their feet at this moment. Uh, this, this, this cumulative reputation, uh, what I believe the caller is, is saying is that there's a fealty to the connected contractors more so than the person who, who seems to be receiving faulty work. Uh, and that is something I've heard again and again and again. And God willing, uh, your house will stand up in that earthquake when the inspector just gave a very cursory glance. And maybe there's rebar in your foundation and maybe there isn't because your contractor didn't feel like putting it there. So that's something that I hear again and again and again. Let's go back to the phones and Lee in San Francisco. You're next. Yeah, hi, Joe. I read your writing a lot. It's really good and incisive. But what I want to ask is, yeah, as you know, the U.S. attorney, is Anderson, is leaving at the end of the month. He's the guy who has basically led all these investigations and prosecutions. Um, why do you really think he's being replaced, and what do you think is going to happen next? Thanks. Thanks, Lee. Uh, thank you kindly. Um, it is customary for Republican-appointed and specifically Trump-appointed um, uh, <laughs> federal attorneys to to um, to go. Uh, there was a letter from up on high asking all of the Trump-appointed attorneys to uh, to resign in mass, and I believe the only two that are being retained are uh, conducting sensitive investigations, and they didn't want to have the appearance of a conflict of interest. Where I am a little bit fuzzy, and I will admit that I'm a little bit fuzzy, is the time frame upon um, attorney Dave Anderson's departure. I believe he'll be out as of March. That seems a little bit hurried. Oftentimes it takes months to get a replacement in. But I would be shocked if whomever replaces him uh, eases up on the throttle here. Hmm. Why do you uh, say that? I, uh, I mean, no, I mean in the temporary. <laughs> uh, the temporary until a full-time person is in. Yeah, uh, um, I do not foresee a temporary person going in and easing up on the throttle here. And I certainly think that, uh, you know, there is an impetus for whatever Mr. Anderson has saved up to come out by the end of the month, perhaps. And do you think there's always been a lot of speculation about who the, you know, quote unquote, true target of this investigation was somebody higher up the food chain? Do you have any, you know, is there what are you hearing about that? I do. Okay, I can I can tell you what I think. Yeah, Uh, I think that. If you had any doubts about it, the charging documents for Harlan Kelly made it clear that this is a long-running investigation, and it seemed very likely that the uh, original target was Ed Lee. Uh, 
you know, they, they highlight lots of conversations between uh, Harlan Kelly and Walter Wong, referring to Ed Lee as Mayor 35, because those are the digits on the phone um, for E and L. Uh, and, you know, these, if you read through the documents, a lot of the tapped phone calls and intercepted communications uh, predate Ed Lee's death. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know what Ed Lee did or didn't do, and he certainly is entitled to uh, innocence, um, you know, until proven guilty. Yeah, uh, regardless, of that's of not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, he died. regardless of his corporeal state, you know, and so that it seems likely to me that was the original um, uh, target. Yeah. Obviously, they've pivoted. Right. Well, Daniel writes, what is Willie Brown's involvement in all these shenanigans? Isn't he connected to every character involved in the Muhammad Nuru controversy? Yes, but he's connected to everybody, you know. So, I mean, uh, the way that one politician in San Francisco put it to me, mocking uh, a, uh, a open government activist, is that uh, this man puts Willie Brown behind every mouse fart in City Hall. Uh, Willie Brown is certainly involved in lots of things, but because he has a sh- his Rolodex probably requires vans worth of, of, of trips to move around. So, so he's involved in lots of things. And because all of these uh, people who are under investigation are his protégés. So are all the people who are not under investigation. And, and they'll get him or they won't get him. And they never have. They never have. All right, let's It never comes down on Willie Brown, I believe, is the line. Yes, w- w- yes. Willie, Willie Brown famously once said he doesn't use email because the E in email stands for evidence. And that <laughs> has been proven again and again <laughs> in this investigation. All right, let's go back to the phones. Matt in San Francisco, you're next. Hey, thanks. Scott, Tom, great job today. Uh, one question or comment I had was purely about a delightful experience with DBI. We were uh, engaged with a building, uh, exp- building department expediter who said he could get our plans expedited to about 10 to 14 days to get it approved and get a house remodel done. And that night, my wife and I sat down and drew out freehand on 11 by 17 the plans for the house. And I went down the next day to DBI and planning. And we got a full remodel of our home approved within an hour and a half. And I asked, I was baffled that it happened, but asked why. And they said, because you're a homeowner, user, you know, self-claimed contractor that is disclosing to us uh, what you want to do. And we would be paying taxes on those improvements. And so it was delightful to actually have that happen. Um, And I encourage all homeowners in San Francisco that are looking to do an improvement to try and do it yourself because uh, it was a delightful experience. And got a full remodel approved in an hour and a half. All right, Matt. Well, good for you. I, I, it's fair to say, Joe, that is not a typical experience. No, and it would be impossible to do now. <laughs> um, it would because be impossible to do pandemic. now because you would need to make appointment in order yeah. to have the over-the-counter experience. And in yeah. fact, San Francisco uh, built a one-stop permitting center at 49 South Van Ness, and that's great. And I think that for a lot of people that will work out well, but it kind of reinforced the 20th and even 19th century technology that we use of going in person and handing off permits. Now it's all in one place. Essentially, San Francisco built a permitting mall. And uh, you know how malls are doing. So, you know, other places are moving towards automation and being able to do these things remotely. And again, we have a tremendous volume of permits. And, uh, and perhaps as an equity matter, you should always be able to do things in person if you don't have access to software. But, but that is the direction we chose to go. 
We're getting to the end of this conversation, Joe, but I want to ask you about another point you raised in one of your pieces. And I, by the way, recommend them highly to anybody who hasn't read them. They're in Mission Local. Mission Local, is it .org, Joe? Correct. Yeah. Uh, and it has to do with racial equity and diversity at DBI. Uh, you note that there is not a lot of it. There are many Asian uh, inspectors and uh, other folks working there. There are a lot of Irish, in particular Irish inspectors, very few, if any, African-Americans or Latinos. What, what's going on there? Is this just part of the sort of nepotism or is there something else? Yes, and this is complicated and one has to be delicate in how one talks about these things. But this is what happens when you have um, uh, nepotistic hiring practices. And again, I'm not saying that any one group cannot do the job, but one group should not exclusively be doing the job. There are plenty of qualified people who do not come from these groups who are not getting hired. And, you know, what I think inspired, what, one of the bases of my columns is that uh, a job posting for a $200,000 manager position was originally only slated to be posted for six days, and it wasn't posted widely on any of the internationally read uh, uh, building code job boards. And in addition to that, the educational requirements for San Francisco are much lower than they are in other jurisdictions. And that's fine if you have a big job pool that you look at and if you post it widely and for an adequate amount of time. Well, and that isn't happening. That yeah. means you're steering the job to favored people inside. And as you and point those out, people that, tend to look like the people who had the job before. As you point out, that particular job pays, I think, $205,000 a year, and they weren't even requiring anything more than a high school degree. Not which, even that. Not even that. Yeah. Not if you have years in the field, which, of course, you would for a senior management position. That's called a substitution. So you wouldn't need any education whatsoever. Theoretically, you, would, you could have no education at all. Nice work if you can get it, I guess. Joe Eskenazi, Managing Editor at Mission Local. He's been writing about DBI. You can find it at missionlocal.org. Joe, thanks so much for your reporting on this and, and everything you do. It's a, it's a pleasure to read your work. Thank you. And, and, and it's great to hear you on the radio. Well, thank you. It's nice to be heard. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a very short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a new film about the fight for higher wages for tip workers. You're listening to Forum. We'll be right back. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.